Blog Talk Radio. have advanced, and in the AFC, we have the Broncos, led by Peyton Manning, hosting the New England Patriots, led by Tom Brady. You almost had to figure it was going to end up that way, right? You, you know, you, you, you kind of had to figure that, you know, just based on the history of these two teams and the Patriots, you know, the dynasty, and, uh, you know, Denver, Peyton Manning and his up and down season and, and the way he came back in the last game of the season to give him the home field advantage. Um, you, you had to think that that's the way it was going to be. And uh, in the AFC, that's what we've got. And uh, we'll bring K-Star on. Uh, well, I don't see him yet. So hopefully K-Star isn't still sitting over there staring into the abyss of depression that his Steelers lost and get his thoughts. And in the NFC... One and two seed, the Carolina Panthers, uh, the team that I have doubted and continued to doubt, um, will be hosting the Arizona Cardinals, um, the coach I don't believe in. So I'm faced with the team I don't believe with versus the coach I don't believe with. But one of them is going to the Super Bowl. So I guess you could say I was guess I was wrong because uh, one of them is going to the Super Bowl. One and two seeds. And um, a couple of very interesting games in the NFC we're going to talk about. Um Aaron Rodgers almost, you know, did some some more magic. And, um, you know, a tale of two halves, Seattle, Carolina. Tale of just like two completely different halves. And uh, I have some, I have some, I think, unique thoughts on that game. Um, but we'll get to there when we get to there. But as you know, I don't do this alone. Uh, but, you know, let me introduce myself. It is me, Commissioner T. I am one of the hosts of the Madden Voice. And uh, yesterday was uh, MLK Jr. Day, Martin Luther King Jr. And um, I really don't have, you know, much to say about that um, other than other than to just say, you know, go Google Martin Luther King Jr. Go Google, go YouTube and just just educate yourselves. And, and, And when you hear what he stood for and then you look at what's going on in the world today, you just ask yourself, what would he think, you know, from. Donald Trump to all of the shootings and, and all the race stuff that's been going on. Just ask yourself, what would this great man think? We celebrated his birthday yesterday, and uh, I'm just going to leave it right there because I really want to talk some football. Um, 
But I'm here, Commissioner T, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. You can catch us on Twitter, uh, at The Madden Voice. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash The Madden Voice. Or you can just go to Google or Bing and just type in The Madden Voice, and uh, you'll see us there. But let's bring on the fellas. They are already and accounted for. And, um, you know, we have Depressed K-Star, we have the Voice of Reason, JB, and we have the Ph.D. himself, Dr. Train. Gentlemen, welcome to the Madden Voice. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Hi. What up, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know what's worse, because I was where K-Star was a year ago, you know, so... um I don't know what's worse, to be there where you can taste it or to be where I am this year where we weren't even close. We weren't we we, we got a top five pick and we ain't on anybody's radar. I I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, all of it all of it sucks, you know. Um Is that actually me? I'm in the same spot every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's good. That's that's rare. That's rare. Um K Star, how are you? How are you, young man? How are you? Um, the opposite of good and the opposite of happy. Uh, okay. Really, where I'm at. Really, is where I'm at. And um, I went to bed last night at 8 p.m. Woke up at 8 a.m. Still felt pretty bad. Um, but it's kind of tough. We'll just. I'm just going to dress it real quick. The elephant in the room. <clears throat> so, obviously, the expectations for the Steelers this, this Sunday, you know, they they weren't great. They were kind of relatively low based off the attrition uh, we've kind of succumbed to over the past few weeks. Um, Steelers were the first team, actually, to be in a playoff game, which featured their top receiver and rusher out for the game. First in NFL history that's happened in the playoffs. And um, so – you know, I mean, people would say, hey, you know, you should expect it to lose and all those type of things. So when you're up 10-9 in the fourth quarter at Denver, you know, that what was going through my mind at that point is, A, we're going to win this game, and B, not only that, but we're also likely going to get D'Angelo and uh, Antonio Brown back next week at New England. So I'm pretty excited. And then, you know, our – our third string running back fumbles, and that really changes the game from there. And you know, Denver pulls it out, and it sucks. It really does. It, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm really proud of the team. Um, when when I really reflect and think about it, for you know, playing as well as they had all year through a lot of injuries. Um, but it, again, it sucks too because, like you said, you know, you you knew you're familiar with the feeling from last year. You get close and you taste it. You taste the championship game and. You know, it changes on you in the last minute. Now, you know, I I, I have to go here because – well, because I can. Now, first of all, you know, I, I don't want to – I'm really not trying to pour salt in your wound. But I want you to make a stand here because I, I, you have waffled on this one topic – and and I really need you to be clear on this one topic because it's relevant to to this discussion. You know, throughout the season when injuries were discussed, you were one of the first ones to say it's part of the game. You know, you know the Steelers were able to come in and win. You know, we didn't have Le'Veon Bell. We still got it done. You know, you know Ben missed some games. You you were very clear to say, hey, you know, don't use injuries as an excuse. Those were your words. You were saying this. When I was sitting there talking about Romo and Dez and, you know, hey, you can't win in this league with, when you have a quarterback to the caliber of a Tony Romo, and we can debate where he is, but I don't think anyone would argue he's top ten. We can debate top five, but he's clearly top ten, okay? When you have yeah. a Dez Bryant who is clearly a top five wide receiver, clearly, and these guys are out, that was my argument is, hey, man, you know, what do you? You know, you just you can't do it. I and it wasn't just you, but many people I talked to was like, "Hey, man, it's injuries. Injuries are part of the game." And other teams are able to get it done with their backup and then this and that. And your team was a team some people referred to because Ben missed some time, and yeah, Landry Jones come in, and of course Le'Veon Bell was out, and D'Angelo Williams came in, and I say, "Hey, man, that's the exception. That's not the norm." But K-Star, you yourself on many occasions 
said, hey, man, injuries are part of the game. So I want I want, I want to know where you're at right now. I'll are give it to you. I'll give it to you. Game, or are you looking at it saying, damn, give me Ben 100%, give me Antonio Brown, and give me at least D'Angelo Williams up in here, if not Le'Veon himself. Where are you at, K-Star? I'm on the ladder. I'm on, I'm on the ladder part. And, you know, part of it throughout the season was, we'll call it survivorship bias. The Steelers, you're right, were the exception to that rule. They got it done. I mean, the stat that I put out there, the Steelers are the first NFL playoff team to have their lead receiver and lead rusher out going into a playoff game. What does that tell you? You know, part of making it to the playoffs is literally being surviving, surviving the series of the gauntlet of the NFL season. So uh, with, with Romo with Bryant, uh, I wasn't too much saying, oh, it's an excuse, but I, I, because I mean, it's, it's something you had to acknowledge uh, throughout the year. I mean, obviously, the Cowboys and the Cowboys without those two guys. Um, but I do think when, you know, it, it's that time I was walking, because I was saying, well, you know, the Steelers were able to get it done. But, again, that's more or less me having that, that bias of, of seeing, you know, more of the exception for both seasons than the actual rule of thumb. And the rule of thumb suggests that, that can't, it's not sustainable. And it's as good as, and for example, of what happened and how the Steelers ultimately lost was, even though up 10-9 in the fourth quarter, you know, we weren't able to survive the injuries in the, in the situation because our third-year running back was in a really big spot. And he played pretty well over these past couple games, but he fumbled in a really big spot for the Steelers. And ultimately, it was a moment which completely swing the momentum of the game and allowed Denver the opportunity to you know, take control and take a seven-point uh, lead of the game as well. So, no, it, I'm definitely with you that it's more of the latter. Injuries, um, we have those injuries to those premier-type players that command those high salaries for a reason. It's for a reason, and because you expect them to be out there, you expect them to perform. If you don't have them, it's tough to really play at, you know, an optimal level. Dr. Train, where do you stand on this, in, On this, you know, in, in lieu of, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh went out there, and we got to give credit is, what credit is due, man. Them dudes fought to the end. And, uh, you know, minus that fumble, who knows how that game ends up. But, um, you know, Ben, Ben, you know, he, hey, Ben said it. Ben's as tough a quarterback as in the NFL. And he said, if it wasn't a playoff game, I wouldn't be playing. And Le'Veon's been out for the year. Now D'Angelo Williams was out. Antonio Brown, best receiver in the game, is out. You give the Steelers a pass, or are you on the mindset yourself of, hey, man, it's part of the game, dog, it's injuries. Where you sit on that, Dr. Train? Um... I'm definitely not in in the in the in the sense of it's, it's just part of the game. Injuries matter. They 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 matter huge because if you're talking about a fully loaded Steelers team for this year's playoffs. Hands down, I'd be picking them to go all the way. <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bat I wouldn't even bat not. But you can't you can't you can't expect to continue to win games and you lose losing players to injuries. And yeah, there are some games you you made edge out here and there to really like like own it and then and, and be that and be that team, you need all your horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. J B you the last one, man. Where are you at on this yeah. on this topic? Well I think you know where I'm at being being a fan of the boys and having to labor through this for an entire season. Uh but, but let us not forget that the Steelers were handed a gift last week against the Bengals. I mean, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't have been playing over this past weekend. That's number like one, that. and, that's, and that's with a healthy Antonio Bryant for uh, what in ninety-five percent of that game. So oh. you 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 fast forward it to this weekend, and, and they they played the butts off. I, I I cannot take that away from. They showed grit. They showed determination. They showed why they have six rings on in in that organization. They fought tooth and nail, but. This is what we've been talking about all year. When you have star players that are hurt, it's hard to win. It is hard to win when you've got D'Angelo Williams out, you've got Antonio Brown out, and you're on the road against a very good Denver team. That's hard to win. And everybody always says, next man up, next man up. It's cliche. Obviously, it's the next man up. The next man up has to play. What, are you going to do forfeit? No. So you got to play. You, you put the best players out there that you can and give it a shot. But when you've got star players that are hurt, it makes a significant difference. Um, 
I think I heard K-Star under his breath want to want to take you to task on your yeah. comment about uh, yeah. Cincinnati. Uh, I've heard that a few times. Stop that. Because here's the thing. The Steelers, and the narrative needs to change, and the way the brand makes you upset. Because the Steelers were going into the game, they were dominating the whole game through three quarters, first of all. So it's not like Cincinnati had control of the game. The only time Cincinnati had control of the game was when Landy Jones threw the interception, and then they had control of the game, and they lost control, and literally one play right after. And the whole Jimmy Hill thing, everyone wants to blame him, but Ryan Shazier took that ball and shoot it from his hand, too. Stop it, stop it, stop it. If the Bengals didn't have the meltdown, there's a very good chance. I'm not going to guarantee it because nobody hurt. But if they didn't have the meltdown that they had, that would have been it for them. The meltdown – the meltdown began when they were running their shoulders into Big Ben, or running their knees into Big Ben's shoulders. I mean, they were playing dirty throughout the whole game. And, you know, we were too. Don't be wrong. There was obviously a lot of aggressive play. But my point is, the Steelers, or the Bengals, they had control of the game until Landry Jones, not Ben Roethlisberger, Landry Jones threw them an interception. So, I'm just saying, though, the whole, yeah, they had the meltdown. We all saw but, it. But you, let's not you, pretend you, that the meltdown you, was going earlier. You're, you're laying my point, though, okay? If you're going to go that route, K-Side, you're, you're in – you're, you're proving my point to be correct anyway, because the the point was having your key players out makes a difference. And you're saying Big Ben was out, Landry Jones yeah. through the infection. You're proving my point. Yes, but that wasn't your whole point, though. Your point was, yeah, the Steelers were lucky to be there and all this other stuff. Well, that's, so I'm just saying. It is. I'm just saying. Part of the point was the, the Steelers are very fortunate to be there. That, that was point number one. Point number two is when you have your star players out, it's hard to win. Now, if Landry Jones was starting that entire game, good chance they don't win. That so, no, never happened, but that's proving my point. They were fortunate to make K- it that far, K- and K- when they K-Star. did, they got beat. K-Star, yeah, when Burfick made that interception and ran into the end zone, of course he went a little premature, but we all thought, uh-oh, that game's about over. Okay. Ben... You know, out of his own mouth, Tomlin looked at him and said, you got anything left? He said, I'll give it a go. Because they knew that that was going to be their only chance. So combine all that with 30 yards of personal fouls, Jay's got a valid point that, you know, Cincinnati was on the way of winning that game. And they did they did have a bit of, bit, bit of a meltdown down, down the stretch there. So I, would, I wouldn't be offended by that. You guys, you know, Ben was a warrior. He came in. And uh, was able to make a couple of, you know, at least try to get that get that team moving, and got you guys in field goal position to win the game. But um, yeah, I mean, y'all had some lucky breaks down that stretch there, you know. So it was, that's 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 valid. Okay, yeah, we had, we had a couple. You, we, you we made the stand yourself, but you made the stand yourself last week that you escaped that game. That was yes, that was your that was your own words. You said that. Yeah, that's true. So, we're not saying anything that you haven't already already said. You said you guys escaped that game because you saw you saw Big Ben couldn't throw the ball, and that one throw he made, if it wasn't for the for the illegal hit, you guys might have been home. Yeah, but again, I just want to underscore that the Steelers going up into the third quarter of the whole game. I mean. I don't if you go eye for eye with the quarterback position, it wasn't like uh uh McCann didn't start. He wasn't he was the backup and he did start. They didn't have a big red back there and, and we know yeah, his, we know season history, but he has had a breakout season. So we gotta give Mr. Dalton his due for this year. So they had McCann starting instead of Dalton. They had Y'all had Big Ben starting the entire game until he got hurt. So I don't want yeah. to hear none of this. So we, 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 made we also had Le'Veon Bell. Y'all escaped because of the meltdown. No, nah, we just All right, so here's the thing. Let me just let me just put Bell in the Steelers season because it was an excellent season despite all the injuries, and there was an exception to the rule of injuries holding the team back when you had those kind of key injuries. Um, the Steelers are really, as far as this year, and obviously we still have to finish up this year the rest of the NFL, Goes. I'm pretty excited for it because, you know, we talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, Big Ben calling out Martavis Bryant, if he can be that guy uh, when called upon. And I think that he showed since then that he could be that guy. And he has a very bright future. He is an extremely uh, uh, great talent at the receiver position. And I think that, um, like, like Trent said, the fully Lewis Steelers team, I mean, this is a team that lost, you know, Marquise Pouncey and all-pro center in freaking preseason 
Uh, I, I think this is a team that will be working with, with next year because even the defense towards the middle, towards the end of the season, got a lot better. So I'm looking forward to next year, but it just sucks that it ended the way it did. But like you guys said, I mean, injuries, they catch up to you. And um, Yeah, and I think my main point uh, in bringing that up is I think, uh, you know, I'm done with next man up. I'm done with that whole philosophy. Because that's bull. Okay. I mean I mean, you know, let's look at let's look at the other game on Saturday, the Packers and, and um and the Cardinals. Okay. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Now you throw Jordy Nelson out there. Throw a healthy Jordan Nelson out uh, Jordan Jordy Nelson out there and tell me that Green Bay doesn't stand a heck as it was. As it was mm-hmm. a point decided that game, which disgusts me. Throw Jordan yep. Nelson out there, Green Bay wins that game. Well, you ain't got to agree. Receivers and quarterback, man. Those are the most important positions in the hey. NFL. That's paid accordingly. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, Jordy Nelson makes a difference on that team. And, he does. Absolutely. And, and, he's put, and, I, and, and without him, their number one wide receiver, if Arizona, if, 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 if uh, Green Bay wins the coin flip, who knows? They might have won that game. We don't know. You know, now granted, granted, Rodgers had to pull two passes out of his ass to get them in the overtime, yep. but he did. Is my point. <laughs> you know, like, hey, like you can you can, you you can say there's luck when they came out and beat Detroit that time, but when you come back and make two in a row against a team that has a top defense, you had a fourth and twenty throwing from your own end zone. And you throw the ball sixty yards and complete, and then the next play you throw it and get a touchdown. Come on now, that did you know that's without Jordy Nelson even being on that field. I'm, Dude, that I'm, was a better catch than it was bad to me. God, I couldn't believe that she went up and got that ball. Can we talk about Jordy Nelson? Or can we talk about Aaron Rodgers for a second since we're on it? And that's a great point, Aaron Rodgers. Because okay, so Jordy Nelson me up the whole season. It's had a not just a little, not just a bit. It's had a monstrous impact in Green Bay's whole year. That offense has been at times horrible, horrible this season. Well, I've been Sometimes saying that bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know, and we've seen it because we saw games where they were held. I mean, he was held under a hundred yards against Denver, against Detroit. That game where they were good as dead. They had a miracle throw, and um, you know, hail Mary. And then even this game, he had two incredible throws and plays. But outside of that, he wasn't very good. You know, he he he. Uh, short, short ball, or he, uh, yeah, put a ball in the dirt on the fourth down to James Jones that would have led to key conversion. I mean, when you lose a a top elite, uh, you know, echelon receiver, um, it's 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 to the detriment, obviously, of the whole offense. That production drop off isn't really replaceable, and I think that's just a great point that we've seen throughout the year, many times, you know, throughout it with with Dez and Romo as well. That if you don't have that lead receiver, you know, or, or quarterback, it's just it's really tough to have a, an offense that is nearly as efficient or as productive. I mean, those guys are paid top dollar for a reason. And, and let me and, go and back to a, And that's just, why with Jordan Nelson being out, he makes all those other guys better. Your Devontae Adams, he makes him better. Your Randall Cobb, he makes him better. Yes. Your Ricky Rodgers, he makes them better because he's taking a lot of pressure off of those guys. So you got Jordy Nelson out there. Those other guys can be open to make plays. You take them out, now they can they can knock out everybody else. Well, it, it, I think it maybe train. You said that the catch was better than the pass. Was this the first play yeah. or the second play? Yeah. I'm talking though for the for the touchdown, man. That that catch was. Oh, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think that guy was going to catch up to it because it looked like it was headed right for the defender. And literally, I mean, the way he let the dude. Yeah, I, yeah. Except except we've seen Rogers do this before. We've seen him, you know, mobile, move around, get himself in position to make the play. So I I, I say it was a great catch, but I can't take anything anything away from the pass. E, any of the passes, the three kind of hail marys we've seen from Aaron Rodgers. I, I can't take anything away from the passes either, because especially the other one, the fourth and twenty, that kind of pressure, they're coming at you. Both plays, they're not playing prevent, they're blitzing. You know they're going after him, so he's avoiding getting sacked and then and then making that throw. So yeah, great catches, but let's give Aaron Rodgers some love, man. He's got the mobility and the agility and the arm to get that ball down there. Yeah, I give Aaron Rodgers some love twice a season. <laughs> man, you, a, you, a, you, you man, you you green, so, you freaking so bear. Let's not give him some love in the playoff game. <laughs> man, you you bear, man. You can, 
You, you ain't allowed to talk about Aaron Rodgers. You're a Bears fan. Okay. We, we, we can all yeah. admit, though, he didn't have a good year, right? Like, that's, that's something we can all admit. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did not have a good season. Yeah, on, on you know Aaron Rodgers on 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 Aaron Rodgers level he didn't have a good year, but yeah. I mean I haven't looked at his stats lately, but the last I heard them stats were still pretty good, considering yeah. yeah. But we saw we saw that significant drop off in the middle of the year though, where he just couldn't do anything. And I'm sure the end result was a lot better than what we actually you know saw from week to week level. Yeah, I mean well, yeah, so, it, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers finishes the regular season with. Uh, what am I looking at here? Um, oh no, that was 2000 and yeah, 2015. Yeah. 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 3,800 yards passing, 92.7 par, um, rating. I mean, for his standard, it's the first time in three, six, seven years that he's had a, a court QB rating under a hundred. Um, but you know, I know, you know, there's probably about 25, 26 teams in the league that would take those statistics. 31 and 9, all, just under 4,000 yards passing and 92.7 power rate, you know, not powering, but um, QB, QB, QB rating. So, you know, still. Add that to it. There you go. Yeah, that that's also the Jordy effect, in my opinion, though, too. Maybe they'll crowd that line of scrimmage without him. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I would be remiss if I didn't. Um, if I didn't give love to probably, arguably, uh, I don't, I don't know who's classier because I know these two, these two uh, spoke recently, Jason Witten or um, Larry Fitzgerald, and I remember Fitzgerald um, had commented that you know he looked up to to Wit and that um, you know I, I think there's a lot of pure love there, you know, um, and. You know that play that Fitzgerald made that pretty much you know sealed the game. Um, it was nice, you know what I mean, as a football fan to see a guy who's gone through so much and uh, pretty much was written off and come back, come back this strong. Kind of a Heinz Ward type player now for Arizona, playing at a very high level. And um, and then you know what really got to me. And, and let's take a minute, you know, and just extend. You know, we always talk about ESPN, and you know, somebody's somebody's probably listening to us and all that. But you know, everyone found out that Chris Mortensen has stage four throat cancer. So certainly, everyone here at the Mad Voice wants to send their their best and hope that he can, um, you know, uh, fight this head on and recover and and get back to covering the NFL and giving us those inside scoops. Um, you know that that he was doing. Before Schefter, before Rappaport, before a lot of these guys that do it now, it was Chris Mortensen giving us the insights of what's going on in the NFL. So uh, let's 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 give him some love and, and wish him the best and send him some prayers to him and his family. And that's what Fitzgerald did. I mean, at the height of winning this game in the interview, you know, and he had the presence of mind to shout out to Mortensen and, and wish him well. I mean, you know, that's class personified right there, complete class. Yep. And uh, happy for him, and happy for it, for it. I don't like their coach. I'm sorry. I just I don't like Aaron. I just don't like him. But um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Carson Farmer. You know, finally gets a playoff win. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? So um, you know, uh, great great win for Arizona. A redemption for Arizona, who Carson Palmer went out last year, and uh, the team kind of struggled and, and ended up faltering down the stretch. And now he comes back, and he's healthy. And, um, you know, uh, you, you can't say anything bad about that team right now. They're playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, congratulations to them. Um, yeah. But, Carson's got to play better, though. Next game. Well, yeah, 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 he does. Um, and that and that and that brings me to um, you know one of the one of the <laughs> probably one of the most incredible games I've ever seen in the NFL, um, Carolina and Seattle. Obviously, uh, me and K Star, both of our Super Bowl picks are no longer in the playoffs, so we're out. Um, you know, and uh, but you know, I I don't know that I've ever seen a game like this before, like this where you actually had two shutouts in each half. And it was literally the tale of two halves. And you, you had a Carolina team that came out remembering what the Giants did to them. And, and for those of you who don't know, they were up 35-7 with the Giants. The Giants came all the way back. Still not losing, but came all the way back to tie the game. 
and Coach Rivera reminded them this is a two-time <laughs> NFC Championship team. They're not going to quit. They're going to fight. Be ready. And yet, even warning them that this can happen, Seattle came back and, and you know almost pulled off a miracle. So hats off to them for not quitting. But um, JB, what are your thoughts on Carolina? Are you you know which which team are you looking at? When you're looking at how they're going to play Arizona, is this going to be the first half team that dominated Seattle, or could it possibly be that second half team that had really had, had nothing? That is, but let's try this again. JB, you there? Yeah, I, I mean, I heard it, and um, unbelievable to have two halves like that. I can't believe. I can't believe what I what I saw, what I read. With, with this game coming up against the Cardinals, it, in order for them to win, they have to play 60 minutes of complete football. Arizona is still no joke. They're explosive. They've got weapons on both sides of the ball. If Carolina is going to win, they have to have a lot more of the first half and a lot less of the second half. If they go up 14-21-0 and start folding like they did against Seattle, Arizona has enough weapons where they won't they won't just catch up those are passing, and they need to be touched to that over. It's going to be a long night. Okay. Dr. Train, your, your thoughts on Carolina's performance against Seattle and, and the impact it may have as they host um, the number two seed Arizona Cardinals? Well, I definitely enjoyed the game, needless to say. Um, and true enough, you didn't get much from Carolina in the second half as far as uh, as far as offense. But the uh, one a win is a win, and when you allow 31, that's a, that's a very deep hole to dig yourself out of. So it's true enough. Moving forward, Carolina has to has to fix that and be able to put up some points, sustain, have some offensive sustainment in the second half. Um, luckily, their defense didn't falter too much with uh, with Seattle trying to come back. Um, I really just expect a good game, a full 60-minute game. I don't expect to see the same performance out of Carolina, I mean, as far as disappearing in the second half as, as it did in this past game. All right. And, you know, one thing interesting to note, um, you know, Marshawn Lynch, pretty much a non-factor, um, early on in the game, really couldn't get it going, and then you know, late in the game, they they were so far behind, they really didn't have a, they really couldn't rely on the run game. Um, and what a way to end his, because it's pretty pretty much, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but it's unlikely that he'll be returning to Seattle next season. Um, and what a what a way to end your career. Um, the week before, it's reported that you were good to go, and you pulled yourself out took yourself out of the game, and the coach said you had no setback, but you didn't play. And then you come in this last game to play, and you really weren't were just a just a non-factor. I mean, this is a guy who has some of the most um, physical, aggressive runs in NFL history. I'm curious, K-Star, do you think that is, is this just like the beginning of the end for Lynch? Is he is this kind of the Earl Campbell syndrome, um, where he's just he's at the physically because of his style of play? Is he done, or was it just he was injured and he tried to make it a go? He wasn't 100, percent but he'll be back next year ready to go with a new team. What do you think? Uh, it's tough to say. I, okay, so I'm a little curious though, and I've been hearing people suggest this is the last year in Seattle. Um, but then they signed him to an extension last year. So, I mean, unless something changed, we got to miss something. Uh, I don't. Uh, let's look. Let's. Uh, well, we I, don't know. I, I mean, I've been hearing it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're looking, I, I don't know. Um, if they signed to an extension, I'd be curious as to why they let him go now. However. Unless maybe, you know, it's a front-loaded contract where they're paying a lot of money these first few years and there's a reason why, uh, financially, why they should let him go. Um, then it's something they should consider. And the reason why I say that is, yeah, Marshawn's a bruiser. And Marshawn this year was bruised himself. And, you know, throughout the last three or four years, listen, this guy's been um, questionable on the injury report week after week after week. 
with back ailments and other things. And it's really been a, a lot of times last year even, it was surprising that he ended up playing and showing up and, and being as effective as he was, you know. And, and being that he's so physical, it could be the Rokin-Kingle syndrome because, again, he was he, he was able to play just barely uh, the last few seasons um, fighting through injuries. And this year he wasn't able to fight it because maybe his body's not able to hold up. And uh, I think that if he plays in Seattle again, he you know he'll he'll still be effective in in spots and you know when he's healthy. But uh, I think if he goes elsewhere, it, it'll be a mistake. Um, when you play with Russell Wilson, you're not playing with nine in the box ever because they're always playing, trying to play Russell Wilson on the contain with QB reads, so he opens up you know some lanes and opportunity there as well. So um, I don't know. Uh, I definitely feel like those injuries are taking a toll on his body as he gets older, uh, just with his aggressive style of play. And I don't think that if he goes in elsewhere, he'll be effective or nearly as effective. From what I'm seeing, it looks like um, no more guaranteed money. If they cut him before June 1st, I think free agency is, um, I think it's March 12th. Um, Five million in dead money, but they save six and a half million off the cap. So, yep. and you know, and five million today in dead money is nothing. So yep. he's gone. Yep. Yeah. Stick the fork in him. Yeah. Sounds like they did uh, the extension last year. Really, just get one more one more year out of him then to appease him. Well, and I think I th- and I think you know when you have a team that won the Super Bowl, came back, went back to the Super Bowl, was a play away from winning a- again. You, you do want to keep as much of those components together. Um, but honestly, what I think, I think his whole, you know, uh, demeanor has hurt him. His whole, I'm only here so I don't get fined and all that, and I don't talk to the press, you know, although it made him a lot of money, the Pepsi commercial and all of that. But I, I think it hurt him. I think it hurt him with Pete Carroll and that team. And I, I, I definitely think that the decision he made to not play last week did not seem like it was endorsed by the team because the coach said, well, no, he had no setbacks. And that's not something you say if you're, if, if that's a valid joint decision to not play. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say whoever said stick a fork with him, you know, I'd agree. Um, 29 years old, I'm wondering, he'll end up somewhere. Um, yeah. He's still got a few he's years got, left. He's got two years left in him, I would say. But yeah. he'll be playing some else because Thomas Rawls showed that he can run the rock he can yep. carry it. He's younger. He's cheaper. And he's just as hungry. And he's probably a, a little faster too. So my only question is, can he hold up with, with pass protection? And from what I saw, I would probably say yes to that. But outside of that, the dude looks like the real deal. So you got somebody that's younger and can be uh, cheaper and less expensive on you. Come on now, you gonna take that one all day? Yeah. I think Christian Michael was even effective for them. Yeah. Yeah. You can back yeah. him up. If, yeah, if pretty much. With, with an injury, then then you got what appears to be a halfway decent backup. But that's that's Rawls' yeah. backfield right now. Yeah, I agree. They should. Uh, I think they should get rid of Lynch and, and go with Rawls and you know Michaels a backup and much cheaper. And don't be su- uh, don't be surprised to see Lynch, um, in New England. Just something tells me. Oh man. That's a that's a Brady that's a Belichick guy that's a Belichick move right there. It's a Belichick kind yeah. of player, physical, bruising back. He still we all agree he still got some gas in the tank. Um, I don't know. I just I something tells me. Um, I, I wouldn't we'll doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it because Stephen Jackson's not going to be there next year, and uh, I, I would I, I believe that we all agree. Didn't Beast Mode will be an upgrade from where Steven Jackson yeah. is now in his career, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. one bit. Yeah, yeah, better than Gary Blunt too. Yeah, um, that'd be a nice thing. And you know, um, God, I mean, you know, I, 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 I say this and I mean it with all my heart. Um, watch Tom Brady, watch Peyton Manning. Um, there may, there may have never been and may never be two quarterbacks of this caliber about the same age that play in the NFL again. You know, um, it, it's it's something to see these guys about to meet. And, um, you know, the, the Patriots won again. 
they were able to get it done. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I just want to say I had Andy Reid in Philly. Andy Reid can't coach in the postseason. And listen, I, I saw so many – I was going to write them down, and I just decided it wasn't worth it. I saw so many mistakes by Kansas City in the fourth quarter. Guys should have been running out of bounds. It wasn't running out of bounds, and and just just you know just just coach. To me, it was poor coaching, poor team management. You can you can say Alex Smith was some of it, but where's where's Andy Reid? It's your team, bro. You've been here before, and just mistakes. And again, I I, I don't I can't give you specifics. I was so disgusted. You know, they had a chance to come, you know, they took all that time to come down and score a touchdown. And it didn't seem like there was a big sense of urgency. Like, guys, we, you know, you, do you not know if you lose your season's over? You ain't coming back next Sunday to play? So I just, I just think Andy Reid, he's not, he's not. They call Alex Smith the game manager. I haven't seen anything from Alex Smith. That gives me more than that sense of him. He's got good. He's a good athlete. He can run, and you know he makes some plays. But I still think he's a game manager. Um, but Andy Reid is just not that guy. He's not that guy. You know, I just I had to put that out there. Um, anybody have any thoughts on the KC uh, KC loss, and especially the fourth quarter, the atrocious fourth quarter? The time management was god awful. I mean, they 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 laughing. They might have been singing and dancing too. This is this two-minute drill that y'all need to run, and y'all giggling and just taking your time. Uh, I'm glad I cut my hair because I think I would have yanked it all out, and I'm not even a Chiefs fan. So I got Okay, so oh, what I hear is people complain about Chiefs and what they're doing in the fourth quarter, and I get it. However, as far as how long they took to score, um, guys, how are they? Okay. The way the Patriots were playing, and they're playing just man deep, like man too deep. Like they weren't a whole game. They were playing man to man coverage because the Chiefs receivers suck. Jerry Macklin's hurt, so the Chiefs the whole game had to put and throw people in motion to get people open. So when I hear people say, "Okay, you know they should have done it quicker and all that stuff," I'm like, "Well, tell me how." Throw it in a double coverage, you get picked off. No, they no, had no, no one who's going to beat no, anyone no, without no, motion. No, no, no. You're missing. You're missing. We're talking about, talking about game, yeah. game management, not the play play itself. Game management in between, and then when do you run out of bounds? Making decisions to run out of bounds, you know. Right. And, and it was at least three plays I saw where, you know, there was there was no there was no effort to run out of bounds and stop the clock. If you're trying to save your timeouts, so if you get the ball back, you have a chance yeah. to score. I get you that. Know, I get that. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's in there. But game it's a play calling. It has nothing to do with that. We're not even talking uh, about making sure, making sure. Because I, I heard people kind of go crazy with it, saying that you know they should have scored a lot quicker. I'm like, well, how the fuck is this score a lot quicker? No one's getting wide open. Hurrying up, you get to the line. You got to right. hurry up and line up, and nobody was. There was no urgency. And that's what irks the mess out of me. You know you're down. Yeah. You know you got to score. The only way to hurry up and move fast is to do what? Hurry up and move fast. Once you right. call the play and you snap it, well, that's a whole different discussion. But there's no urgency in lining up, getting the play in, and running the play. After that, I mean, hey, New England could have stopped them every single time. But where's the urgency in lining up and getting ready for that play to, to begin with? And I didn't, I didn't see yeah. any of that. Right. The only excuse I think you could make is that they're on the road. Maybe it's harder to communicate because if not, then I'm really sure to understand how no, that happened either. Man, these are professionals. No. They, they're used to playing outside of, of, of Kansas City. They know what's at stake. They know against it's, it's up against Tom Brady. They know they're in New England. You, take, you should play that clip about with Dennis Green. We know who they thought they were and all that stuff. They know what they're doing. There's just no urgency. No urgency. And that's the biggest problem of it all. This is what they made me think of going down a stretch in the fourth quarter. That's what they made me think of. Slow moving junkyard, man. They just they were just garbage, man. You know rocking out were, the front yard with the newspaper. Yeah, seriously. That's the theme of San Francisco Sun K Star, just in case um, you know, 
you weren't, you weren't, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, in case you ain't up to speed on that. And by the way, K-Star, on a completely different note, I got to shout you out, man. I saw your little honey dip on Facebook. Well, all right. I'm rather impressed. Hello? What was that? Quickly. Well, you know, it, as it turns out, when you are dating someone and you don't know that they're, you know, actually married, uh, it doesn't go so well. Oh, that was her? So, so well. That one that and, I uh, saw? Yeah, that was, uh, uh, I'm told and found out. Oh, not a good okay. Well, damn. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. No, that, that was not a good. It was not a. Yeah, that was a not a good couple day stretch. Uh, not only did I lose Antonio Brown when I found out, but then I lost that through a really fucked up way of losing. Yeah, it was just all bad. Oh. Bad week for bad week for uh, All right. Well, you know, you know, um, uh, you know, the the quickest way to get over person A. Is move on to person B, bro. That's all I'm saying. Um, Next topic. <laughs> what? What I, what I do? What I do? I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Let's talk about. Uh, well, let's talk about head coaches real quick before we before we go into these games. Um. And we didn't really talk about it much, um, but just to bring everybody up to speed, we won't spend a lot of time on it. Um, but Hugh Jackson is with the Cleveland Browns, um, and you know, to my shock and dismay, although I did say um, I, I could I could see the 49ers picking them up because of Kaepernick, but didn't think it would happen. Thought maybe Tennessee would be the spot, but Chip Kelly ends up in San Francisco. Um, you know. Is what it is, I guess. Um, Dick, welcome back, Cotter. Uh, offensive coordinator, now the head coach of Tampa Bay, and um, you know, Lovey Smith got a raw deal in that in that situation. If you ask me, team's trending up, trending in the right direction. And um, hey, hey. what's that? I said, hey, yeah, he did. That yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's being nice about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it just I don't I don't get it. Um, you know, Stephen A. Smith brings race into it. I don't really want to go there, although I can't help but wonder. Um, you know, but the fact is, the guy took a one and fifteen team and got him to six and ten, and they were trending in the right direction. And you fire him, you know. Um, and you know, let's be honest for a minute. Let me let's look at the NFC for a minute here. You know, look at what look at what you have to look forward to next year, right? So you've got. You've got a, a a let's hope for our sake, you know, a fully loaded Dallas team is going to be something to keep an eye on. You've got the Giants and the Eagles with new coaches. You go over to uh, Trains Division, and you've got the Packers coming back fully loaded. You've got the Vikings that made the playoffs. Okay, so you got to keep an eye on those two teams. I'm not going to discount the Bears and the Lions, but you know, you've got those those two teams. You certainly have to um, keep your eye on. And then, you know, certainly, you know, Arizona, Seattle, um, Carolina, you could never count the Saints out with Sean Payton staying with them and Drew Brees. Um, what's going to happen with the 49ers? I don't have high expectations, but that is a team that's only a few years away from a Super Bowl and um, led by Kaepernick. So, I mean, you know, when you have all of that firepower, somebody's going to be on the other end, and yet Tampa was trending up. You know, so I, I don't get that one. Um, Adam Gase uh, is the new head coach of the um, Miami Dolphins, someone that Dr. Train is familiar with. Um, Doug Peterson, and I know I'm getting old because I remember when he was a quarterback in this league, and now he is the new coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, ben McAdoo. Um, the former uh, offensive coordinator is now the uh, head coach of the New York Giants. 
And uh, Mike Malarkey is taking over the Tennessee Titans. Um, so those are your head coaches, seven new coaches. And uh, conspicuous by his absence, a guy who was claiming uh, he was being interviewed. And, um, you know, uh, Tom Coughlin um, did not get hired, actually was being interviewed in uh, uh, Philadelphia and pulled his name from consideration. Um, So interesting. But those are your quarterback. Those are your head coaches. We'll have plenty of time to dig into that deeply. I've got some thoughts on uh, Doug Peterson and Chip Kelly, but we'll we'll wait till the off season to talk about that. Maybe maybe the week between the Super Bowl when we got that week gap, maybe we'll we'll dive into some league issues and we can talk about um, the head coaches. Let's let's get let's get it on. Let's get to these um, these two one and two seed games here. Let's talk about them and make some. Uh, weekly picks i know we already did our playoff picks but you know let's talk about our weekly picks and see who we have and um you know now i think the nfc game is first uh i guess i'll find out in a second because i'm pulling up the games now yeah afc yep you're right afc game is first um kind of interesting that that game would be for oh denver denver and okay that's why denver uh, West Coast or you know, Mountain Time and Carolina's East Coast. So yeah, all right. So we've got uh, one again, the Brady Brady Manning Bowl twelve or whatever the heck it is. Um, you know, uh, you got to wonder how many Super Bowls might Peyton Manning have if Tom Brady never played in this league. Um, but nevertheless, uh, twelve and four, twelve and four, uh, one and two playing against each other. These guys know each other well. Um, both, you know, they arguably will go down as, uh, you know, Brady, Brady definitely is going to be a top two, uh, maybe top three. Manning's got to be, uh, no doubt top 10, but maybe even top five all time. When you really look at just all around play, these are, these are two greats. Um, and I will just say this, we know that Manning is not, he, he's not the Manning of old. But he he he's still good enough to compete. So enjoy this. Enjoy two Hall of Fame quarterbacks competing against each other. A lot of talk about the other two quarterbacks and two Heisman Trophy winners. I don't care. I care. I care, but I don't care. Um, this is the quarterback matchup I like. You know, two 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 of the best ever. Um, so let's talk about this one. And let's let's start with Dr. Train. Um, you got New England going to Denver. We saw Edelman return and make an impact. A little rusty, but overall he made an impact. And uh, who you got and why? Well, I chose Denver all the way through to the Super Bowl. I think I think I'm going to stick with that one. Okay. It's, it's very. It is very difficult to pick against. Um, I'm going to say Belichick and the Patriots because the man knows how to prepare his team. Um, but you know I'm gonna go off the premise that if anything, uh, Manning knows this probably is his last ride, so it's all gonna be out there. And and this is one this is one opportunity in the playoffs where he actually has a defense um, that that can play that can play pretty well. This is probably the best defense he played with in his entire career. So I'm 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 gonna stick with the Broncos, but yeah, it it it'll, it'll definitely be a close one. It's just like I said, it's tough to go against the Belichick because he just prepares his team well. Besides Tom, you know, having Tom Brady, he typically prepares his team well. But I also think some of the injuries that they have on the defensive side of the ball may hurt them as well as, as far as getting pressure on Matt. Okay. All right. So you said Patriots, correct? Broncos. <laughs> oh, you said Broncos. Okay, I I lost you for a yeah. second. Broncos. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, K Star, who you got and why? Um, definitely, I definitely like uh, New England. Um, I think Denver. You know, they, they'll play a competitive game uh, because of the defense and everything else. But I think that just New England's too balanced, and we saw what Edelman did to their offense. That offense was pretty meager, pretty just decent the last month of the season. But um, you saw how he, how they were able to just pass, pass, pass against, you know, the team that had the best pass rush in the NFL. And now they're about to play another great pass rushing team. And they made it look pretty easy, uh, New England did. And I think that 
while they may not make it look easy, they'll be more efficient and more productive than what Denver has to offer. So, I, you know, I like New England, of course. Um, crazy, considering that they might get to another freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. JB. Uh, I'm going to take Denver. I had them when we first did our selections and the playoffs started, uh, and I'm going to stick with them, although it's going to be a great game to watch. Something called must-see TV comes to mind. And, and I think, I think Dr. Trent, I think you hit it on the head with where I was going to go. I, I think the whole team knows it's more than likely Manny's last hurrah, and, and they've prepped and prodded him up to get to this point. Leave it all out on the field. And the fact that they are playing at home, I think, can work in their favor, too. Um, hard to go against Brady and Belichick. It, it really is, especially with, with Edelman being back. 10 for 100, no ill effects. Um, but I, I said Denver in the beginning, and I'm going to stick with them. Okay. Um, well, I had Denver going to the Super Bowl playing Seattle, so I'm going to stick with my Denver pick. Um, I was actually at a mortgage event. Um, I was interviewed by a media outlet called the Warren called the um, the Warren Group, and I was at uh, Foxwoods um, all day Friday. And the guy that did the interview also knows about the Madden voice, and he he said, "Well, um, who are you having a Super Bowl?" And I said, "Denver and Seattle." Um, so I'm going to stick with Denver. Um, and 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 it is really and, and you're right. It, it, this is a pick'em game because you've got Brady and you've got Belichick. You got Edelman back, you know. Um, and you know on on you know, Denver's side, it just you know Sanders seems like he's playing pretty well, but Demarius Thomas just ain't showing up. He's not making the big, you know. He's making the same money as Des. They both got five years, seventy million dollars, and I'm not seeing. Des like play out of Demarius Thomas, and um, you know so. Um, but I just I, something tells me that it's Peyton's time. Um, this is probably his last run, and um, I just some just something says that the defense is playing well, and I think the team's going to rally together, and uh, and you know, and it's hard to win a Super Bowl back to back. I know the Patriots did it once before a long time ago, you know, about ten, eleven years ago. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to win back-to-back Super Bowls. That's why it's only been done a handful of times in the NFL. Um, so, yeah. So I'm going with I'm going with the Broncos. Uh, Arizona at Carolina. Let's start with K Star on this one. Hey, can you repeat the last part? Uh, Arizona at Carolina. Who you got and why? Okay. Uh, well. Original picks, I had Arizona, and because now the you know Steelers are out of it. I mean, I guess I kind of want to go back to the homers and and you know root for Cam Newton at this point, since now it's politically acceptable for me to do so. The Steelers are out, um, but it's tough because the matchups in which you know Arizona present for Carolina are really it's going to be tough for Carolina to defend that those receivers, and uh, there's only one Josh Norman. Uh, we saw. You know, Jermaine Curse kind of do work against Carolina, and I think, you know, when you have Josh Norman, he's going to laugh on the outside against either Brown or Floyd, but then you have Fitzgerald in the slot and David Johnson in the backfield, and then plus the defense against Arizona, the defense for Arizona is really good against the run, and that's what Carolina does so well. Um, I am going to go with Arizona, although. You know, my heart's saying uh, Cam and Carolina. I just think that Arizona's just a, a more complete team. Okay. JB. What? He's going against Cam? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I almost fell out of my chair again. Okay. Uh, I had Carolina going to the Super Bowl. I had Arizona and Carolina played together. I'm taking Carolina still, uh, even with the uh, – the, the the epic failure in their second half and still able to escape against Seattle. Uh, I just feel good about what Cam is doing. I still think he's the he's the third or the straw that serves the drink in Carolina, and hopefully Tegan will show up and stay filled up. Um, I, I think Carolina's defense is going to be the pivotal point, so I'm going Carolina. Okay, Dr. Train. 
definitely going with Carolina. I picked them to go all the way and stick with it. Um, <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, I don't think you you will see the same the same performance as as Sunny, but as it was for Carolina. And honestly, think it's a really good matchup for their defense to go up against that offense, um, as well as vice versa. This is, this is actually the game I want to get I look forward to, you know, because both teams are are are, are Pretty good on both sides of the ball. Okay. Um, we'll go with Arizona. Um, I believe in I believe in them more than I believe in Carolina. Even though Carolina, in that first half, I was I was my jaw was on the ground, and all I all I could picture was was coming on the show after Seattle, my Super Bowl pick. Loses fifty nine to nothing and having to listen to K Star's mouth the whole show, um, but fortunately Seattle at least came back and made it competitive, saved me a little bit of my dignity. Um, you know, I I think that um, both teams made the playoffs last year. Um, I think Carolina, I mean, I'm sorry, Arizona, it would. They, they were more expected of them before Carson Palmer get down. I get the sense I'm getting more of a team of destiny feel from them. Um, Carolina has exceeded expectations. If the season ends now, no one can look at them and say they had a bad season. If if, if Arizona loses, I think it's like, okay, well, now what's your excuse? <laughs> you didn't have Carson Palmer last year. You've got him this year, and you still lost. Now, now what? Um I like Carson Palmer. I've always thought he was a good quarterback, um, good, solid, reliable quarterback. And uh, I want to see Fitzgerald make it to the Super Bowl. 32 years old, you know, I want to see him make it to the Super Bowl. Cam and them, and them Panthers, they bring back Kelvin Benjamin next season healthy. Man, oh, man, they, they're going to be they're gonna be major next year. Keep that defense intact and look out. So they've, they've got plenty of time. But um, – Carson's getting up there in age, and Fitz is getting up there in age, and I think this is their year to to get to that Super Bowl. And uh, man, Peyton Manning in my in my current pick against Carson Palmer, um, yeah, that'd be a hell of a game. Although any, you know, the, the good news is there's really not a bad combination here. You know, no matter who wins, we're gonna have a good Super Bowl. So that's the good news. Um, all right, um, short show tonight. But you know, with the season, uh, the season coming to an end and less games, there's less to talk about. So, um, hey, uh, Doctor Train, any final thoughts? Man, you know, <laughs> not really. Just really looking forward to to the games. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to our discussion next week when we start talking about uh, the coaches. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's been some crazy, some crazy hires, man, and and some crazy, you know, coaches being left out, and and coaches have already made statements, you know, only one week in office. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. All right. Well, we'll review these games. We'll save our Super Bowl official Super Bowl picks till the following week, the the game, uh, the, the the show before the uh, Super Bowl. So uh, we'll spend some time on coaches and other NFL news uh, next week. Uh, K Star, any final words? Not much. I mean, room for Cam. Obviously, I like to be wrong. Um, my game prediction, um, because right now they're just the team I'm rooting for with the Steelers being out. It's tough to even say out loud publicly. Um, but, yeah, just looking forward to a great championship game Sunday slate and uh, hope that those two games are very good, and I, t- I anticipate that they will be. Carolina, Arizona was a, to- talk about, we t- a topic and in- two teams we talked about all year, throughout the year, and and why one was better than the other, and it would be great to see which one truly is better than the other. All right. JB, final words. It's been an interesting playoff so far. First week, all the road teams won. Second week, all the home teams won. It's interesting to see if we're going to have the same type of scenario, all home, all road, or we're going to get split. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. And uh, can't wait to really start talking about it next Tuesday. So, as always, enjoy the games. All right. Well, 
Uh, I don't have much to say other than all feuds are settled on the field. Going to be two great games. We'll see everybody next Tuesday night here on the Madden Voice. Enjoy the games. Good night.